Webster, Josh on the podcast. Yeah, it's Josh good to Valentine see you, Leon. For Thanks for time. having me. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm excited. Yeah, why don't you quickly introduce yourself, your your age, um, what you currently do, um, some of your hobbies, and then we'll get started. Awesome, yeah. Um, I'm Josh Valentine. I uh, currently attend Middlebury College in Middlebury, Vermont, um, over in the States, and I uh, just recently turned 21 about a month ago, so I've been taking advantage of that when I can, and uh, yeah, no, I, I am a cross-country skier. I compete for my college, and um, I enjoy investing, fly fishing, um, some volunteer work on the side. Cool. Sounds good. Good variety, uh, specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your, so you study in college, what year? Uh, I'm a sophomore. Sophomore. So for yeah, everyone who so doesn't know year. the American school system, exactly, the university is the second year of four years, right? Yeah, yeah. Correct. Okay. And you switch your major from what to what? What do you um, initially start with? What are you doing now? So originally I was a neuroscience major, um, as I think that's like a, a, I mean, do still think it's a very, uh, or is a growing field and there is a lot of demand in that, in that field. Um, it can open you up to like medical school opportunities to be um, a neuroscientist, um, a neurologist, or even you can go into the AI kind of tech startup world. Um, but it is fairly narrow. Um, and as I started taking classes, I started to realize that um, I kind of just realized it wasn't for me. So um, as of recently, I switched over to an environmental economics major, um, which focuses on kind of the business finance side of some of the environmental problems um, and impacts that we see today. Um, so yeah, so I am currently on that train, have another two and a half years to go. Um, and I'm excited to, to take advantage of some opportunities I have coming up with involved with internships and whatnot cool and what made you change that mainly to that specific field because i think it's both very very interesting fields but there's quite a gap in you know in terms of yeah. what you learn there and what you can do with it so how did you come to that no definitely yeah they're they're very opposite sides of the spectrum for sure um so originally like i said neuroscience like the classes just kind of weren't for me. Um, I think I think you kind of can recognize when you're taking a class. Um, if you're passionate about it, it just kind of comes naturally. Um, you know, you don't have to put a ton of extra effort in. And so kind of realized that some of the classes I was taking, I wasn't super passionate about um, in neuroscience. Um, so I actually was fortunate enough to participate in a consulting internship um, during the month of January in between semesters. And uh, for the first few days, we actually focused on um, kind of ourselves and like reflecting on who we are, what makes us who we are, our strengths, weaknesses, and, and, and uh, passions, and being able to identify those and talk about them openly. So um, kind of through that self-reflection, um, one of the, my passions that arose was my passion for the environment, um, because I've been an athlete my whole life. I've been an outdoor enthusiast. And... Um, as a cross-country ski racer, I spend majority of kind of my free time outside training, whether it's running, skiing, 
um, you name it. So I live kind of in the environment and in the, in the outdoors. And I've kind of um, personally watched um, how climate change has taken its toll um, on our world, whether it's like receding snow lines or decreased time on snow, or even you fast forward to right now, um, the race season is supposed to still be going on and races are getting canceled left and right because mountains just can't retain snow. Um, so it's, it's pretty sad to see. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to participate in the sport, but, um, that helped me kind of recognize that I want to, I want to do something about that. I want to make an impact and I want to, I want to be able to allow future generations, like my kids, their kids to be able to ski, to be able to experience, um, this incredible sport, as well as everything else the environment has to offer. So, um, I figured the, my first stop would be, uh, majoring in environmental economics and kind of just seeing where it can take me from there very interesting so there's a few things i want to pick up on um now first of all i think that your college that they introduced that self-reflecting month or classes or whatever it was is very good uh, on this podcast we have talked and we'll be talking because it's a passion of mine uh, about some things that could maybe you know, go through a change in our educational system um, in, in the Western world. I'm saying Western world because I don't really know anything about the educational system in the Eastern or or Far Eastern or African African way, but um, at least for Germany and, and, and the States, I've personally experienced that in Spain. So I'm talking about that. I think this is very good because I think it's very important to have an early... Uh, start to self-affecting yourself constantly and if it's then also you know guided by a common goal you have and you can actually then talk about it you have the confidence you have the trust within the community that's very good it's also part of why we're doing this podcast because we want to give people the option to choose from this pool of information and personal experiences that they maybe can then identify with and feel inspired to do something they truly you know, are meant to be, become or do. And so um, I think it's very important how you talk about this topic, because I think that climate change and talking about the environment has become an, a topic that ha has pissed a lot of people off. On the one side, the people that can't hear it anymore. And the other side, the people that are truly passionate about and have understood what's going on, trying to explain to everyone else what's going on. And I think you can probably spend days and weeks about talking what's actually going on, how it's going on. Everybody has a different opinion about it. At the end of the day, I don't think it matters, um, you know, what's happening, but it matters what we can do about it. And that's why I like yeah. your approach. You come from personal experience. You know, the first step you can do in order to do something for you individually to change it or to help, you know, counterattack it is you personally get into the knowledge of it and then see where it takes you. So what are the internships or like what, what would you like to do uh, after you go through, you know, your theoretical part of, of this, of this um, experience, I would say. Um, so, yeah, so I'll start with this summer. This summer I actually have a few internships lined up um, or, or interviews, I should say four internships for the summer. And uh, one of them is a finance intern for a renewables company. So I would be kind of helping with uh, market research, financial modeling, um, documenting, uh, like like testing 
these different models and projects that are going to be happening and kind of documenting how they uphold um, or how they align with kind of the tests and models that we've um, actually come up with. So um, it's a lot of very hands-on experience. And honestly, like this summer, I'm just looking to kind of dip my toes into the kind of um, energy world, whether it's in more research or finance, because um, another one of them is actually a little more research-based. I'd be doing more of the research component for some of the renewable projects that um, they do. And this company, the research company, actually is doing a project here at Middlebury um, working with our head sustainability officer who I've been in touch with. Um, so I think they would be a really cool company uh, to work with and do research for because uh, I could learn a lot from them. Um, but in the future, I kind of just like, I want to keep kind of immersing myself in this energy world, just, you know, getting experience in different sectors of energy related companies. Um, and the end goal is to, once I'm out of college, become an energy uh, consultant or a sustainability consultant. And the idea of that is that um, you would be working closely with um, various businesses to help meet current uh, sustainability policies. Because in our mm -hmm. in our modern world that you see or you hear about a lot of proposed plans of, you know, being this by 20, like 2050. Um, and a lot of those are just kind of plans and talk and propositions. But um, I think in the next few years, we're going to see some legit policies starting to go into place um, as they as as uh, um, as the UN um, tries to make this happen. And uh, so with that, um, businesses, you know, they're going to want to keep being profit driven and make money so they don't have a lot of time um, to expend on on aligning with these policies. So that's where kind of the consulting sector comes in. So energy or sustainability consulting has been uh, uh, a growing a growing field um, and I'm hoping to be able to get in and uh, help them make an impact in that regard and then um, beyond that like after I am doing that for five ten years whatever it is um, I would love to start my own uh, social impact NGO which is another non-profit organization um, so I would I would that that's the dream. We'll see. We'll see if we'll, if I'm able to get there. But um, I think it would be really cool. And one of the companies I'm interning for is actually um, a nonprofit, so I could learn a lot from them and kind of their operations, their revenue streams, how they stay afloat, um, how they're successful, and kind of how they do have um, a strong impact on on uh, the climate. That's perfect. So. Congrats, first of all. Sounds like you, Thank you at least have a good plan for what you want to do. It totally makes sense to me. I mean, I, as a dual student, I think I know best when I say that you always need that theoretical and practical um, approaches mixed together to just in order to, just, of course, logic to you know where where you want to go. And if that industry you kind of have to guess for it, it would fit to you actually makes sense. And looking at a nonprofit, for uh, you know your own company at some point and looking at the energy sector of consulting on the other side for a job um, on the way, I think it, it makes sense. And now I wanna expand that a little away from you individually into how that is generally happening in the market. Um, I don't wanna make it too political. I wanna stay on the economic side of things. 
Um, but I think it's very important what you said about those policies, because in my opinion, I don't think the companies are interested in actually doing something for the environment. Of course, they will say that because it helps their image, but let's all be honest. They're just interested in reducing the cost. They will have to pay for policies that go along with hurting the environment in some kind of way. And it's, it's interesting think, though, as, as like someone in the ski industry, um, that is definitely the case, I think, with a lot of major corporations and like kind of like what make up the most or the majority of the commercial sector. But I'd also say there's a little bit of irony when it comes to um, ski corporations, because if you take a ski resort or a ski mountain, for example, like they rely or, or they, yeah, they rely on the climate, um, you know, to produce snow. They want natural snowfall. But at the same time, when the climate's not producing enough natural snowfall, now they need to make snow, which uses an absurd amount of energy and um, carbon emissions to produce that snow to be able to please people and to be able to make money. So it's kind of an ironic industry in that sense that, um, you know, they, yes, they are profit driven. They are providing this amenity to make money, but at the same time, they rely on the climate, the climate being um, kind of like what it has been. Um, and as we go in this negative direction, it's hurting them as well. So I, don't know, I just think it's kind of a funny irony because you do hear about like, ski resorts, ski corporations kind of greenwashing or trying to get like their carbon footprint um, to like neutral, um, which just means they're, they're spending like a certain amount of money to be able to minimize their carbon footprint. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, like they want, they, they don't want the climate to keep doing what it's doing, but it's just, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, as I said, I think there would be too many arguments about determining what the actual mission of the companies is. I think at the end of the day, yeah. like with everything, especially during the last two years, you will get your answer about what's going on if you follow the money. It's what, it is what it yeah. is. At the end of the day, I think huge brands that always want to try to better their image, they will use any sort, sort of social you know, topic that's going on that's being hyped as a form of positive marketing or as a good way to better their image, doesn't matter what it is. Um, and I think that's the same thing with, with, you know, working against climate change and, you know, making the environment greener or better. At the end of the day, the question I ask myself though, because I'm also in economics and management and finance and everything, uh, is does it actually matter? Because at the end of the day, if there's a tax that's being put on for the CO2 that a big company produces and they have to pay for it, then even though they wouldn't choose it voluntarily, they're doing something to put money into something that counterattacks climate change. If the tax money is actually being used for that, that's always the question. Also, let's not go into that. But what's very <laughs> interesting is that there are planned ways for big companies to reduce their carbon footprint or to make their company greener, namely CO2 certificates. And that's something I wanna to talk to you uh, about in the last minutes because uh, we're keeping it very short today, um, which I also find very interesting. What are your opinion on, on CO2 certificates? Basically to explain it very quickly, as you also know, I just wanna explain it to the listeners who, for those that don't know it, 
right now we have big companies that are already be kind of ta taxed on the CO2 footprint they leave in the world with producing things, the company cars they drive and everything else. So they're being taxed for a certain amount of CO2 they put out. And there are so-called CO2 certificates they can buy in order to, you know, kind of compensate or balance the CO2 they put out. And if they purchase those CO2 certificates, they invest into companies that produce those CO2 certificates by doing something against climate change, by either, you know, planting trees, building solar plants, building wind parks and such, uh, such things. So either the companies that produce the CO2 can buy those certificates, balance them out and say, hey, I invested into companies that do something against climate change, or, and that's something where your company would probably come in, they could look for own projects they could do in order, I don't know, to put solar panels on their company roof or to invest into a wind park nearby. And that also would then uh, produce CO2 certificates. So do you think that that would be a sufficient way to get big companies or also maybe individual private people in the future to do something against that in terms of economics? Against, like against CO2 certificates? No, using the CO2 certificates and the trade got of it, it as a market yeah. to counterattack climate change and making the environment better, actually greener, as you said. Yeah. Um, I'd say, so I don't fully understand the asset value of it, but I'm guessing it's, it's just like any other sort of an investment you make, you know, there's going to be some sort of expected return. So in, with, with that assumption, like, I think it is a great investment because it not only makes a company or individual feel good about themselves, but I also have a theory when it comes to investing that like, um, when I first started investing, I downloaded the Robinhood app, right? And I just had the app for like three months. I had the money sitting in my bank and I just like, I couldn't decide. And I eventually talked to someone and they were like, they're like, you've been, you've been researching for three months and you know more than you need to know. Like, you know, more than enough. And I, I was going for a long-term kind of investing um, plan. And they said, just, just put $5 in here, $5 in here. And you'll just like, you'll, you'll watch yourself starting to kind of just roll with it. Cause once you make that initial investment, you're going to be watching it. You're going to, you're going to, you know, whether, like, even if you're having a super busy day, um, you don't want to like think about it. You might catch something on the news that's related to your investment. So I think um, relating that back to this, like, like people are able to just like make whether, like, whether it's, I don't know, $10 or $50,000, you know, whether they make that investment into these CO2 certificates, it's something that piques their interest. It's something that they're, they have invested their money in, their money that they have worked hard to make. And so naturally they're going to pay a little bit more attention to things related to that. So I think, I think this will do a great job of kind of raising awareness and kind of keeping people um, educated on kind of current day projects and news with climate related stuff. Um, and I mean, it's a great, it's a great idea just in the sense that like, if you're the company that's sponsoring these projects, like it's a great way to like come up with the money to be able to do them, you know? Um, so uh, yeah, 100%. I think, I think overall it's a, it's a great idea um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, I don't know if you would agree with that, but protesting against things, let's stay with climate change now is a very good thing to make the topic aware. 
My personal opinion, though, is you got to do a little more than protesting uh, to actually make a change. Um, and so, that yeah, also so comes back I, to what individuals want to do about it and, you know, how they say, oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've done something to make a positive impact. But I think at the end of the day, the only way you can really change something is with network and money. So either, you know, being big and knowing where you can invest in into projects that actually make a change or a little bigger founding companies that actually make a change, you know? Yeah. I would say, yeah, I would say for people that may not, not have money to give, though, action is another way of being able to, to take part in that. Um, and I do agree. Like, I think, I think protesting um, isn't, isn't the greatest thing. And I think, uh, like, what we're seeing with this kind of token or CO2 certificates is maybe almost like a new approach to that. Because um, protesting, um, like you said, I think it's a great way to raise awareness um, and kind of stir up you know, the government a little bit, um, make them think about what you're doing. But I think, I think it's only good in moderation. I don't think, I don't think it needs to be done all the time. Um, and to a point, you're just going to piss off the government at some point and they might even turn your back on you. So I do think it's, it's not the answer. Um, so that's why I, I was, I was also going to speak quickly about um, going back and what you said with companies being profit driven. Um, it's interesting because I was recently reading some stuff about the different industrial revolutions. We've technically had three industrial revolutions, the most previous one being the third, um, which occurred from, from the 1800s to now. And that industrial revolution, the whole concept of, of that revolution was to minimize costs, maximize profit through whatever means necessary. And so that's where you get your factories and you, you start to see a little bit more tech and uh, uh, kind of robot technology just mass producing things um but it's interesting because to the protesting point as well we are in the midst of a fourth industrial revolution and that is the technology industrial revolution um and and it's by no means taken shape we're still very much in the middle of it and we don't know where it's going to take us but kind of to the like to your point about the co2 certificates this is like a this is a technological way of doing a similar thing that protesting does, right? You're raising awareness. You're 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 taking action through investing, which is like a very big thing um, in the modern world. And um, so I think it's I think it's really interesting just relating to that topic because um, the way we do things is changing very much. Um, and I think, I think in terms of like energy solutions also, um, like, like if you're going to stand outside, you know, and pump your fist in the air and hold flags in front of a government building, like you're not going to get a policy passed, right? You might be raising awareness, but you're not going to get a policy passed. And so I think with this fourth industrial technology revolution, um, like something that's slowly coming into play too, is like, is, is humans are like lazy. We're masters of multitasking. Um, but we're lazy. And so I think new co innovative companies are trying to find ways in which you get a lazy, you know, human who, or, or just, sorry, just a human being um, to um, be able to take action, but not necessarily dedicate a lot of time or thought, you know, all the time, because we are really busy. We have work, we have kids, we have 
friends. Like there's so many different aspects of life going on that you're never going to be able to just like, unless it's your career, you're never going to be able to sit down and do this all the time. So yeah. I think going back to this again, these CO2 certificates are a great way of kind of incorporating that um, because they, they are doing just exactly that. It's an easy way. It doesn't take time, you know, and it, 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 it makes you feel like you're doing a good thing, which you are. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's just an industrial or, or sorry, I think it's just an interesting, um, kind of, kind of thing taking hold within this new industrial revolution. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, let me wrap it up here. I think this is a very, very interesting point. I think we're going to be back for sure. I definitely want to talk to you now. I got to know a lot of things about you now that I didn't know previously before. So we definitely got to have some zooms, <laughs> a very interesting approaches there to that I think we could combine some cool information and projects, but um, to, to come to an end to this podcast, I think um, what you said with the last point also just shows us that we should all, you know, question things that are currently happening because the momentarily things that are mostly, unfortunately, very emotionally loaded, which I can understand are usually part of a process that has been going on way longer than we have realized. And I think this fourth industrial revolution or some people talk about the great reset, whatever. Um, I think those are all very interesting things that don't necessarily need to be frightening or bad because there's always chances um, in those, in those situations as well. You just should be smart about it. And I think you should just take the time to, you know, get yourself educated um, in things that are going on. It doesn't mean you need to have the same major in college as you do, but you just kind of, you know, figure out the logics, talk to some people that have same interests and, you know, educate yourself on what happens in that economical point of view. Um, thank you. Cause I think this is a very important topic to talk about, to not only say climate change is bad, climate change is bad and we're going to lose our earth and all the animals and plants are dying. We don't know that, but what we know is that we got to change something. And then we have identified the problem now. Now it's about uh, thinking of solutions. And I think things we talked about today are very interesting. And coming back to the initial mission of the podcast we have, um, I think it also comes back to inspiring people what they maybe can do for themselves in that industry or in that topic of the world. So thank you very much. Um, uh, thank you, Leon. Have a good rest it was an of the awesome day. experience. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You as well. You as well. And uh, yeah, I will. I will talk to you soon, hundred uh, percent. And you, I, I'm, I'm very sure you're going to be back on this podcast. There's a lot to talk about. Awesome. I, I would love to. All, All right, right man. take care, of my German brother. Yes. Talk to you soon, Until bro. Next time.